Welcome to Bravery Trek Run Ashore, a podcast for Bravery Trust in partnership with Content Group. Welcome to another episode of Run Ashore, the podcast that follows this year's route for the Bravery Trust fundraiser, Bravery Trek. I'm Mark Cooper, and thank you for joining me. We're coming to the end of our journey to better understand 12 locations significant to the Royal Australian Navy around Sydney Harbour. Today, we're joined by Commander Aaron Scott, who will help us to better understand the history and significance of HMAS Watson. For those of you who have been following along with our podcasts, Aaron joined us back in episode four to discuss the history of HMAS Sydney 1 Memorial Mast. If you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to listen. It is an absolutely fantastic story as told by Aaron. Aaron joined the Royal Australian Navy from Canberra as a midshipman officer in 2003. In October 2009, Aaron was deployed to the Middle East area of operations as the aide-de-camp to the commander of Joint Task Force 633. He then returned to the Middle East in 2010, 2011 and 2012 to 2013. Aaron is currently working in Sydney as the Executive Officer at HMAS Watson and he's preparing to assume command of the base at the end of this year. Aaron, thanks for joining me again today. Thanks Mark, it's a pleasure to be with you again. Fantastic. So Aaron, can you tell us a little bit about HMAS Watson? Where is it located and what's the size of the base? Yes, certainly, Mark. Uh, I guess I'd probably best start with uh, knowledgement of country uh, to the traditional custodians of the land uh, here where we are, uh, the Biribirigal and Gadigal people. Um, And so I'd like to acknowledge them and and their elders uh, past, present and emerging. Biribirigal people are a coastal Aboriginal people. um, who are the traditional custodians here um, from the waters at South Head, so the uh, the southern headland at the entrance to Sydney Harbour uh, in Sydney's east, and as well as the Gadigal people, uh, who are the traditional custodians uh, from here as well, right through towards Darling Harbour on the south side of the uh, of the harbour itself. Uh, we Watson, uh, as I mentioned, is is on the southern headland of the entrance to Sydney Harbour. Uh, we fall within the La Perouse local Aboriginal council area, uh, and uh, we've got a great connection here with uh, with the Wallara council uh, and the uh, the city of Sydney more broadly as well. So um, a beautiful part of the world, uh, very scenic, uh, surrounded by New South Wales national parks and uh, and just a, a great uh, naval spot to be able to uh, cast your gaze out to the ocean. Yes, a beautiful location, Aaron, and you'd be very lucky to uh, to have that beautiful Sydney Harbour to enjoy. Absolutely, um, we're a fa- we're a fairly small base. We're uh, about uh, fourteen and a half hectares, uh, tucked in around national parks, as I mentioned. But uh, but the beauty of the base and uh, and certainly the views that we have here. Uh, are really special. Fantastic. And how many people serve at the base, Aaron? So we have around 500 uh, or so each day. Uh, that's made up of around 300 or so trainees. Uh, we are a training establishment here. We have 100 or so instructors uh, to teach those trainees. And then we have about 100 or so support staff here 
uh, as well. Uh, we're a mix of uniformed Navy people. We have public servants here. We have doctors and nurses and other defense contractors. So we're a real mixed, uh, mixed uh, community here at HMAS Watson. That's great. So Aaron, can you tell us a little bit of the history of the base? Yes, certainly, Mark. So uh, Watson's Bay, I guess, uh, more broadly, was uh, originally a bit of a fishing town uh, in the early settlement days. Uh, the first military presence here at South Head uh, was uh, as early as uh, 1871, and that started with the development of some artillery emplacements to defend the port of Sydney. Uh, many of the fortifications, uh, not the guns, of course, but the fortifications uh, are still in place and uh, and people can see those if they um, do the coast walk around uh, South Head. Uh, the first barracks itself, uh, that was completed and handed over to them in 1877 and extensions were added to that uh, right through to 1880 uh, to accommodate the additional people that uh, that came in as well. Um, many of the early barracks uh, that were constructed are still standing, which is a, a nice piece of uh, proud history that we have here. The old sergeant's mess and uh, the horse stables are here. Um, some of the guard houses and the married quarters are here, um, as well as the artillery batteries that I mentioned earlier. Uh, the Army School of Gunnery um, uh, was established here at South Head in 1895. And uh, I guess little changed uh, in South Head over the next 45 years or so, apart from the modification and modernization of those uh, gun mounts over time. Uh, more recently, uh, and I guess connected with the naval history here, it uh, wasn't until 1942 that the Navy's radar school was moved from uh, HMA Rushcutter. And, uh, it was renamed uh, HMA Radar. On the, on the 14th of March, 1945, uh, HMAS Watson, was commissioned here. It was still a, uh, a radar training school at the time, and uh, that served a, a purpose of the introduction of radar into the uh, Royal Navy. And as I'm sure many of your listeners would be aware, radar was just getting used in the Second World War to great effect, and it meant that engagements could happen outside of visual range from one another. In 1956, uh, a torpedo and an anti-submarine school were added to Watson uh, and uh, the Chapel of St. George the Martyr was completed in 1961 and, and, uh, and uh, here at the base as well. And Watson became a purely naval establishment with the departure of the army in 1981. So the history of this base uh, as a pure Navy establishment is certainly only in, uh, in modern history and certainly in living history. And I was speaking to uh, some of our former serving colleagues earlier this year, and they they still remember the time when the Army was here and uh, it was a shared base, but now it's uh, just a Navy base and uh, we continue to do warfare training here at Watson. Thanks, Aaron. Yes, I was doing some research on the base and I noticed that it has uh, that beautiful chapel with amazing sandstone, which, of course, Sydney is very famous for. It is a beautiful chapel and uh, continues to remain as a chapel and function as a chapel. Uh, even to this day, um, you know, I think that uh, we're in a habit of multi-purposing as many buildings as we can, but I'm, I'm very um, pleased to say that the chapel uh, continues to function as a chapel and, uh, and we hold uh, services in there um, for a variety of, uh, of events from time to time. Okay, wonderful. So Aaron, can you tell us what happens at the base? 
Yes, Mark. So today, uh, Watson is the home of maritime warfare training. Uh, we conduct uh, the, really the full spectrum of maritime warfare training here, and that includes our still radar training, as in those early days back in the 1940s. We still have uh, torpedo and anti-submarine warfare training here. We do anti-air warfare training here as well. Uh, and we're starting to move into the more uh, bespoke, I guess, uh, training courses as well, uh, cryptographic training, electronic warfare training as well. Um, it's not only the sailors that do their training here, uh, maritime warfare officers uh, do training here as well. In fact, they probably represent the largest uh, contingent uh, within our training courses as the maritime warfare officers here. Uh, and not only do they get their initial training here, they actually come back again and again uh, as they progress their journey. And uh, to highlight that point, even our executive officers, so the second in command of our ships and establishment, and the commanding officers in command of our ships and establishments and, and submarines and aircraft come and do their command courses here at Watson as well. And that just uh, highlights that, uh, that it's a very important base um, in terms of delivering our warfare training uh, so that we can prepare our naval forces to be part of the joint force uh, to fight and win, uh, not only um, uh, overseas, but, uh, but support Australians domestically as well. That's great. So Aaron, are there some other interesting facts about HMAS Watson that you would like to share with the audience? Well, we certainly have a very vibrant community here. Um, you may have got a sense from the, uh, the training that we do. Uh, the average age is, is very young here, so we try and uh, do as many vibrant events here as, as we can. We uh, get out and support the local community as well. We have really good relationships with the community, and that ranges from sort of uh, our schools and daycares and cafes and restaurants uh, right through to our associations with uh, local police and, and fire brigades and emergency services, uh, the residents here as well, and uh, the New South Wales National Parks, who are considered to be our neighbours. Uh, there is a real community feel here at Watson's Bay uh, with HMAS Watson. And so we try and uh, get involved uh, with the community as much as we can. Uh, and we also run events for our sailors and our officers here on the base as well. Um, in terms of our, our broader reach, we have really great connections with uh, the return services leagues, uh, particularly uh, from Watson's Bay here. We have a good connection with Rose Bay RSL and also the North Bondi RSL and also Legacy as well. We have a really good connection with and and uh, some of your listeners, uh, if they're based here in the eastern suburbs, may even have seen our sailors recently out supporting Legacy uh, for Legacy Week and collecting donations uh, in and around the city and, uh, and Bondi Junction and, and other places as well. So uh, we do try and, uh, and maintain strong, positive connections with the defence community, the community at large here as well. And that's really good for our sailors uh, and it's good for the community as well. And uh, who doesn't love a bit of sport? So uh, the Watson sporting team tries to get out to as many events as we can. Um, we go and participate. I think our netballers did well the other day in a day of fleet competition as well. So we've got a, a great sporting history here at Watson as well, which we're very proud of. All right. And do you have a rugby team there as well, Aaron? Uh, well, we're, we don't have an organic rugby team, but we do have uh, a number of high-caliber players who play as part of the Navy rugby team. 
Uh, and so we try and release those uh, people, those men and women, as often as we can to uh, to participate in Navy rugby and uh, and other Navy events as well, soccer and uh, and uh, rifle shooting and a, just a variety of events, basketball and other events that we have going on as well. Yes, I have a couple of friends who play for uh, rugby defence teams and it's an absolute credit to defence with the amount of engagement it does with the local community. Yes, yeah. Well, we, you know, we're certainly uh, on the job when we're on the job, but uh, we, we like to find <laughs> time for sport and, and other yeah, recreation and activities as well. And uh, I think that re- keeps a really healthy culture. It keeps our people fit and healthy, keeps their minds fit and healthy. And, um, and I guess uh, on the point of the Bravery Trust Trek, uh, it certainly keeps um, a fitness and endurance up as well. And, and can I just say, Mark, I guess part of my passion for Watson here is uh, in the context of this Bravery Trek, that it's also the finishing place for the runners as they make their way around north, uh, the north side of the harbour and then the southern side of the harbour here. So uh, I'd like to offer uh, big congratulations to all of the runners and to all of the participants uh, that have participated in the Bravery Trust Trek as, as well. Uh, on behalf of Watson, uh, as your finishing destination, uh, thank you for the effort and energy that you've put in uh, for our Navy and our servicemen and women and our veterans as well. Absolutely, Aaron. Yes, it's wonderful to see the amount of uh, engagement and support that is um, taking place and to anybody out there who would like to support the Bravery Trust and the Bravery Trek, um, we highly encourage you to get out and enjoy the walk and support such a great organisation. So once again, thanks to Aaron for joining us today. I know I've certainly learnt a lot about the base and I'm sure that you, our listeners, have as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe to the series on your favourite podcast streaming platform. More episodes are available that follow the journey of the trek. But for the moment, keep working on those kilometres and bye for now. You've been listening to Bravery Trek Run Ashore. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all the latest episodes.